Welcome to the Center Porch. This is Mark Schaffner. Step on up, grab a coffee and a chair, and take a listen. Usually I say let's chat, but there's something I'm going to get off my chest. A couple of conversations that I've had over the past few days on social media have really got me unnerved. And not because of the conversations themselves, but because what they represent. I've been dealing with people who go to church, call themselves followers of Christ. Yet they are allowing people to live their lives without telling them what God's word is. And while I do blame them a little bit because most of them are old enough to form an opinion, that they listen to what the Bible terms as sheep or as wolves in sheep's clothing. We've got people living in a way in society now that is against the will of God. And make no mistake about this, I'm laying this directly on the pulpits around this country, as well as in the AMM pews. And here's why. If people aren't brought up and trained to understand what's right and wrong, biblically speaking, through the scripture of God, and by pastors and priests who preach the truths of the gospel, then the people that they're preaching to don't understand truly what is right and what's wrong because we have to understand two points first and foremost. One, God never changes. What was a sin 6,000 years ago is a sin today. The second point that we need to never understand is just because he loves you doesn't mean he's not going to chastise you. Doesn't mean that he's not going to fulfill his promise of sending to hell those who refuse him. So sit back and understand that at the end of this, after you listen to this, a couple of things are going to happen. The first is you're either going to agree with me or you're going to absolutely hate me. The second problem is, is I'm not going to say I'm sorry. But I will say, your opinion is your opinion, and I don't care. And here's why. What is right is right. What is wrong is wrong, no matter what you feel about either side of that choice. Pastors and priests today or telling their congregations, oh, God loves you. Whatever you do is fine. We understand that you're born gay, or you have a propensity for alcohol and drugs because of genetics. We understand this, and God understands this, and he's a loving God. You're forgetting when you tell that to people, 
the main part of that discussion. I'm the only thing that you truly need. And if you repent, I will save your soul. I will see that you are set upon the thrones and go to the new Jerusalem at the time of the resurrection. If you don't, then you're going to go the route that Sodom and Gomorrah did. And I'm going to destroy you. God doesn't play games. And for pastors and priests and preachers and those sitting on the amen pew to think that they understand the Bible better than the men that wrote it is an issue. God has ethics and rights and wrongs for everything in life. Now, we are not under the law because we're under grace. That does not make the law ineffective. The writers of the gospel tell us this. They tell us faith, which is grace, without works is dead. That works is following the commands of God. And if you don't believe me, look in Revelations because in more than one place it tells you this is the patience of the saints. This is who's going to make it to heaven. Those who have the faith of Christ and the commandments of God. We're not saved by the commandments. We understand that. We know that we're not saved by the law. We're saved by grace and the mercy of God through the, through the crucifixion and the resurrection. That's never been an issue. What is an issue is you can't go through that process and go, Lord, I repent, please save my soul, and then go on living a life of deceit, sexual immorality, none of that. And for a pastor or a priest to tell you that it's okay, that you can still do that because God understands this is the way that you are, God understands that this is the way you are because everybody is born in sin. And until you make that commitment, until you say, God, I'm a sinner, forgive me, show me the will for my life, show me the paths you need me to walk, and I'll walk it. You're still going to suffer the consequences. The Bible tells us whom God loves, he chastises. For the parents out there, that means he's going to whip your butt when you do something wrong. That's the way life is. Now. You got the prosperity preachers are saying, oh, you give your life to God and you can have all the, the, the fame and fortune that you want. And the Bible doesn't say that. I have no idea what he's talking about because he told the apostles, when you go out, don't take anything with you. You live off of, you know, the, the, the people that you go to talk to. Paul was a tent maker. Peter and somebody others fished. They had jobs. They went out and preached the gospel when they could. Because they were told to go preach the gospel. It says God is the same today as he was yesterday and will be tomorrow. That means nothing changes. That means we're still going to have trials and tribulations. That means we're still going to get depressed. That means we're still going to have to pay bills. And sometimes you're going to have to stretch a dollar beyond George Washington's nose. He doesn't promise you an easy life. In fact, he promises you an extremely hard life. Because if the devil ain't messing with you, the devil done got you. 
Think about this. People like Kenneth Copeland come out and say, well, you know, if you give your give your heart to God and you tithe and you do this and you do that, then things are going to be absolutely wonderful and you're going to have everything that you ever wanted. But you show me in the Bible where it says that. He says, if you preach my gospel, you're going to be hated by everybody. And here's something that you don't forget. All the apostles were martyred. John was sown into Patmos. Christ was tempted, betrayed, and killed. And Jesus asked, do you believe that you are above your master? For the things that they have done to me that they'll do to you. But he does make a promise. That through the power of the Holy Ghost, he will give us the ability to survive whatever it is that comes at us through the power of God and the Holy Spirit because of our belief in the hope of resurrection of Christ on the cross. So for preachers and priests and pastors and the amen for you to go tell people you can live however you want to. God loves you. That's all the, That's all you need to worry about. He knows that you're a good person. Guess what? Works ain't going to get you but to him. There's an old saying when I was coming up it says hell is paved with good intentions. And there's a reason that saying came about. That saying came about because you can't go to Christ and say, okay, I'm yours and then live any way that you want to. It does not work that way. Revelations of 1 Corinthians tell us that those of sexual immorality and those that are drunkards and those that are murderers and those that are liars and it has a litany of, of human attributes that aren't going to see heaven. Christ said he was the only way to get there. So if you're a pastor or you're a priest or you're one of those on the AMM pew that are saying, well, God loves you. He understands this the way you are. He understands that you're a good person. You've got nothing to worry about. Seems to me you better be hitting an order yourself. Because that's not the message we're supposed to give. We're supposed to give the message of Christ crucified and risen and our redemption through it. How we need to be washed with the blood of the Lamb. How everything up until that point, and after that point, if we don't live according to that, comes from the natural sin which we're all born into. And you could call me a bigot. You could call me hateful. You can call me anti-anything that you want to, and that's fine. You can hate me, you can threaten me, and at some point it wouldn't surprise me if somebody tries to kill me, to murder me. And that's fine because I've been a long line of people that went through that. And for this country, if you don't believe that it is coming, it's a coming. You see it over in other countries. You see it in places like Africa and like India and like China and North Korea and various other countries. And it's coming here. they starting with the churches. But I would rather you be mad at me 
and absolutely hate me and then see me in heaven and we can discuss it because your soul got saved. Then you like me here on earth, think I'm the greatest guy in the world while your soul goes to hell. And for you preachers, pastors, and those on the AMM pew, when you tell people this, you're just making them more fit for hell than you are for heaven. Let's make no mistake about this. This is a time of war. Christ didn't say, oh, I came to make life beautiful and wonderful and everybody's going to make it through my good graces. He said, I come to bring a sword. I'll put parent against child, sibling against sibling, friend against friend, and neighbor against neighbor. He said, they're going to lift you up to persecute you and kill you for my name's sake. But he also said, heaven is for those who endure. First victim, Columbine, late 1990s. For you Gen Z and Gen Yers, I don't know if you've ever heard of Columbine. But it was the first school shooting that truly came to the national attention. One of the victims was a girl sitting by a tree. I don't know exactly what she was doing. It was lunchtime. So probably, I don't know, reading Glamour magazine or something. I have no clue. But the two boys that shot up that school that day and killed all them other kids, wounded many more, walked up and asked her if she believed in God. And she said yes. And he pulled a shotgun out and said, do you believe in God? And she said yes. And he shot her dead. So tell me this is not a war and we are not on the battle. Pastors, the reason the world doesn't change is because you sold out to the world. You sold out to the devil. You're lying to those who listen to you and come to you in good faith to help them understand God's will in their life. And in many cases, how to get that, but you're lying to them. And if you're lying to them, Christ has already said, God's not in you. You follow your father, the devil. You have no power in your pulpit because you would rather get Facebook likes and Snapchat chat clicks and TikTok famous and the key to the city and have people love you and think that you're an absolutely great guy when in all truth and reality, those people that you want to like you so much are supposed to hate you. That's the deal. So everything going on in society today with the sexual perversion and with all of the, the, the uptick in crime and, and all of that is, it's not a problem of upbringing. It's not a problem of societal effect. It's a sin problem. It's been a sin problem since the day Adam and Eve decided to eat a piece of fruit they weren't supposed to. And the violence came in when Cain decided to kill his brother because God didn't like his offering to him. It's a sin problem. Nothing more, nothing less. It's not a gun problem. It's a sin problem. 
And the only way you're going to get rid of that is to get people in the pulpit and people on the streets that are dedicated to getting those souls to the point where the Holy Spirit can do its job and lead them on into God through Jesus Christ and the blood at the cross. So for you filling this generation's head with a bunch of BS and a bunch of nonsense and sinful thought and erroneous and misunderstanding of scripture because you want to make them feel good despite the fact that they're living in sin. Here's a here's an interesting point. If they're living in sin, they're supposed to be miserable about it. That's the Holy Spirit trying to convict their heart to bring them to God. I'm not perfect. I screw up. I make all kinds of mistakes. And when I do, I get to feeling to the bad enough to the point that I have to hit my knees and realize, okay, I've done something outside of the will of God. And I repent and ask for forgiveness and I ask for enlightenment from him to understand where I went wrong. And to put it in me to help me change that direction that I was going. There's been many times I've had to climb my happy butt out of bed and repent for something. I don't know what I did wrong, but a conviction was there. And then I realized that a little bit later what it was that I needed to repent for. But I repent every day in any Christian who tells you that he doesn't have to repent because he's so saved and sanctified. Yeah, he might want to rethink that option and hit an order on his knees. I used to tell my mom all the time she's a wonderful Pentecostal woman. And before I got saved, and even after I got saved, I used to tell her, you know, some of them old lady down there now they mimp you gonna bust the gates of hell wide open when it's over. There's a reason the scripture tells us that narrow is the way to heaven. Wide is the way to hell. Because you can do anything in the world that you want to do and be on that wide road. You have to have trust in, in, in the Holy Spirit and in God and trust his judgment and his will for your life to make that narrow road. The Bible doesn't tell us that do what you want to do, you'll be saved. It says those who endure and have the faith in the commands of Christ. That's who's going to be saved. And for a preacher or a pastor or a priest or a person that goes to church to tell you anything other than that. He's a liar. He's of the devil. And he's going to lead you straight to hell. We are not out to condemn anybody. We are there to tell you in love for your soul because we understand you're going to get mad at us. That's fine. Get mad. Might even swing. That's fine. But it is our duty and our privilege 
to follow that command of Christ that said, go tell the world the gospel. And the gospel is simply this, the need for the shed blood of Christ on the cross and hope in the resurrection for life eternal in heaven. That's the gospel. The only way to get there is through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. And for anybody in authority of a church or the synagogue or, and yes, I'm saying synagogue because there are Messianic Jews, or the Catholic Church or any other group that claims to be Christian to tell you anything else other than you need Jesus Christ to be saved. You better run the other way. I was taught from an early age, even when I wasn't a Christian, because I grew up in a family. My grandmama on my daddy's side and my mama were. My grandmama used to say, if you're comfortable in church, go to another church because you're not supposed to be comfortable. Because everybody, until the day we die, can be convicted by the Holy Spirit for something in their life. So, pastors, you all notice, you really, really, really need to quit calling yourself a preacher of the gospel if you ain't preaching the gospel. Priests and bishops of the Catholic Church, you're supposed to be the holder of the truths of Christ for these last 2,000 years directly from Peter, and that's fine. Then you better start preaching what you're supposed to be preaching and not flying rainbow flags and having uh, Father whoever come up there and, you know, like James Martin saying, oh, it's okay, you can be gay, we welcome you. We are supposed to welcome them into the church, but not because we accept them, not because we accept their lifestyle, but because we care about their soul enough to bring them into a place where they're going to hear the word of God so that the Holy Spirit can do its job and convict them of that sin so they can change. How dare you people call yourselves Christians and the ministers of God? You have no right. Many of you need to hit your own altar for those churches that still have them. And even the Pope goes to confession. And he's the leader of the entire Catholic congregation. So for you deacons and preachers and priests and pastors and seminary leaders and You need to get yourselves right with the Almighty a whole lot faster than those that are out there actually sinning. Because you think you're preaching the word of God. And it's going to cause a lot of folk to go to hell.
Yes, that a lot of people in this generation have to assume the fate that they've given themselves because they're not willing to listen to the true word of God. And pastors, when you care more about filling your pews up with butts and the offering plate with cash more than you are filling up the heavenly realm with souls, you need to step your butt away from the pulpit and either repent or quit. I'm just a writer. I have no intention of ever being a pastor. God seeks to change that one of these days. Then I'll be a preacher. But until then, I'm not. I'm a writer. I'm a Christian and a witness. That is my job. And I'm going to offend people. I understand that. I'm going to make people mad. I understand that. And if it gets bad enough in this country, I may end up getting shot. I don't know. Whatever happens, happens. And I hope that when that time comes that I have enough faith in me to have Jesus' name on my lips and forgiveness in my heart for the person pulling the trigger. But the one thing that you'll never see or hear me do is lie about the gospel. Society is in the state that it's in because you people can't do your job. Refuse to do your job. Or just sell out. This is Mark Schaffner at the Center Forge. Be having another podcast come out sometime within the week. And we'll sit down, we'll have another cup of coffee. The good Lord's willing, and the creek and the creek don't rise.